This is the Greg Cappy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Now, here's Coach Cappy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show. Now, usually we are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, but uh, due to travel, uh, as you're hearing this right now, Coach, I believe we are on our way to Wright State. But, uh, you know, we're sitting down here a little bit earlier on in the week. As always, Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us tonight as you're hearing it uh, this afternoon as we record this. Coach, how are you today? How was practice today? We had a great practice today, but instead of in RJ's smelling those seasoned fries and drinking a little Diet Coke, I'm sitting here with a chocolate-covered peanut and a vitamin water zero. So, Hey, man, that's not exactly losing, you know. That's pe- it's probably better than than the seasoned fries and the coke so uh, <laughs> no but, it's not but we had a <laughs> uh we had a hell of a practice today i'm really pleased with that i you know one of the things that i talked to him about is as we prepare for this weekend because you know the the season could be made or made or broken this weekend and that's what february games are supposed to be about um the regular season anyways and you know one of the things i i showed them after the super bowl on on Sunday was Julian Edelman, who was the MVP of the Super Bowl, was asked by that sideline reporter, you know, um, were are you surprised by you being the MVP or, or did you know going in that you could have a big game and be the MVP? And his comment is what I, you know, took that quote and gave it to the team. He made the comment. He said, look, all I did was try to have the best week of practice I could have and and help my team doing what I need to do. And that's really where we're at this week. We've got to have the best week of practice we can have, and then our players have to make plays. they got to help the team the best they can. I mean, this, is, this isn't a learning experience now. This is, you know, I'm sure if we lose, we'll say, well, now we know what it's like, you know, everybody will be back next year, and we'll know what it's like to go into a weekend where you have to win. But that won't solve that we lost. So... You know, this isn't a learning experience to me. This is okay. We've battled November, December, and January. We've battled for three months. For this weekend. For And this, it all comes down to this weekend. If we win two, then we'll have five left. That won't be easy, but it's it'll be on our shoulders. And we don't have to wait and hope somebody wins or, you know, and if we can't get it done, there was nobody to blame but us. And if you would have told me at the beginning of this year that on February 9th and 7th that we would have a chance to play for first place, um, we would all taken that, knowing the situation we were in. And so I'm pleased that we have that chance. I, I'm disappointed that we had a really tough loss last Thursday night, that if we'd, have, if we'd have won that game Thursday, we probably would be in a position that we could split this weekend instead of winning both. Uh, but we didn't. So... It's like I told our team Friday, we have to own own what happened. Can't make excuses because if you do, one will become two, and you'll never accept why you lost. We had to own that loss. We had to own that we were two for 27 from the three. We have to own that we turned the ball over with a minute to go with the ball. They went down, made a lap, and we turned it over for a three, and the game went out the window right there, uh, even though we did have a couple good looks to tie it. Um, it's still, when you make a mistake like that, when you give a team, when you're up two at home with a minute and a half to go and you give a team five points in ten seconds, um, you have to own that. And, you, and it can never happen again. 
And so that's what we did, and we came out with Cleveland State. We got the same exact game as, as we had with Youngstown. Right. The only difference was we shoot we shot the ball a little better, but we took a 10-point lead to 15. They got it back to 10, and instead of uh, at one point they got it down to 6, I think. And instead of it becoming 2 or 3, we got it back up to 10 and then eventually to 20. And that's what you have to do in games like that in your own building, and hopefully we learned from it and, and we caught a break. Uh, although I, I don't see it being much of a break I, I think it shows how great of a win our win at, at UIC was you know we got a 20 point lead and kept it there and everybody wow that's UIC well UIC was picked third in this league and they're pretty darn good they've got the best backcourt in the league and they they uh, you know they're pretty good at home and they they swept Wright State and and uh, Northern Kentucky this weekend to show how great of a win that was for us. so the Youngstown the Youngstown loss made up you know, put us in the same position if we'd lost at UIC. So we made up for the Youngtown, Youngstown loss by winning at UIC. And now we're in a position with seven left. If we win all seven, the worst we can be is the number one seed. Right. It's the worst we can be if we are the if we win all seven games. Master right? of your fate, more right. or less, yeah. It's number one seed if we win all seven. And we know that. Have we won seven in a row this year? No. But to win a championship, you got to do some things. And uh, that's what how we're going about this weekend. Uh, one possession at a time to win a championship. And coach, what about that too? And, and and I spent the morning doing some talk radio and stuff like that. And some of the some of the fans were upset with the Michigan State loss to Indiana. And when you play conference basketball, this this kind of thing happens, man. I mean, that's 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 the way it's been. That's the way it is. That's the way it's always going to be. When when you play conference basketball. It's not easy every single week. I mean, it's, it's just not. Well, our fans think it only happens to us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And Michigan State, number four or five team in the country, just lost at home to a team that had lost seven straight games. This season is a marathon. It is hard to win. You, to win... You have to be so much better than everybody else in your league to go. You know those those years we went seventeen and one. We were we we had games like this. We were just so much better that you won. That we found ways right. to win. I, I remember at, at North Dakota State, there we were just awful, and they're kicking our tail. And with about three minutes to go, Keith Benson got the ball and dunked it, got the, an offensive rebound and dunked it, and we threw it into him the next possession, and he made a hook shot. And we were down four or five, and all of a sudden we're ahead, and then we relaxed and played. You have to have an alpha dog, something like that, to do this. And Michigan State's a great basketball team. I voted. I didn't change my vote for them. I still picked them. I think I have them fifth this week. Um, they ended up ninth in the AP. But it happens to everybody. It happens to Carolina and Duke. It happens to everybody. You're going to lose some games. It's a marathon. It's six, you know, November, December, January, February, March. It's five months. You all want to be playing your best in March. And there are always games in January and sometimes in early February where you just lay an egg. I mean, we were two for 27. This is one of the best shooting teams in the country. We have been all year since the first part of the season. 
two for 27. I've I've had some crappy shooting teams, and they never went two for 27. It happens. It's part of college basketball. They're 18 to 22 years old. They're not getting paid. That they've got lives. They go to school. They you know they've got girlfriends. They it's. They're not immune to momentum. I mean, you know, the ball starts rolling down the hill. Right. Next thing you know, you can't stop it. Right, and they're not immune to a lot of stuff. They're not immune to being to, – it's hard to win. It is hard to win. I don't care who you are, it's hard to win because the other guy wants to win too. And, you know, the other guy is mad at their team if they don't win. I mean, the Indiana fans have got to be furious. They lost seven in a row. And they go in and beat the best team in the league. You know, after – being beaten by Michigan at home where they were down 17 to nothing. Right. 17 to nothing. We, we were at talking home. about that on the bus when we saw the score up right. there. Yeah. Right. I mean it's it's just college basketball. And I think fandom if if the fans understood and realized that, they'd be a lot happier. They would cherish the wins. You know, I think today our fans don't cherish the wins as much as they should, you know. They don't they don't I still remember when Benson and Hudson were seniors. We played a game late in the year, and we had, I mean, everything was wrapped up. We had won championship. It was wrapped up. And we were playing Southern Utah or somebody like that at home. And I, I and it was a Saturday and maybe late February. And I walked into the place, and it was half full. And I was very critical after the game I remember that. about yeah. our fans. And it wasn't. You know, well, at Southern Utah, you're going to blow them out. No, you have a chance to watch Keith Benson and and Will Hudson and Reggie, and those type of players don't come along. It's it, this isn't a fa- it's not Duke. There isn't a factory that just turns players out. Although we've we've turned a lot of good ones out. Yeah. But there's not a there's Keith Benson clone isn't walking through that door, and how if you're a true fan how you couldn't be there and relish and cherish the beauty of these players in this team, and and that's one of the things I just think that and I'm not talking Oakland fans I'm talking all fans right Michigan State and Michigan fans are panicking this week and they're running away with the Big Ten, but they're all worried that this is going to affect their seating or, you know what. The Michigan Indiana game's gonna Michigan State Indiana game's gonna have nothing to do with Michigan State when they play in the NCAA tournament. That game is gonna be forgotten and gone. As long as somebody didn't get hurt, it, nobody's gonna pay attention to it. You know, Coach, it's it's funny you bring that up because I play in a church league basketball league on Sundays, and I had we have a guy in the league that played at Rochester College, and we were shooting around getting ready for everybody to get playing and everything. And I had an Oakland T-shirt on, so we got to talking about it. And he, he played at Rochester College in that time frame where you talked about Benson and Hudson. And he told me, he told me almost word for word, he said, people don't realize how talented that team was. And I was like, you know, I, I, I say that all the time when I talk to people. There were seven pros on that team. What mid-major team has said? You and I have had this discussion before, but, you know, it's interesting you brought that up because I had this conversation on Sunday with, with just a, you know, a general guy that was in a basketball league. And, it, and it's all about luck because we got the most unlucky draw you could ever right. get in the NCAA tournament. And it was all uh, the NCAA wanting to fill an arena and they dropped Texas, who was the number one team in the country, Texas, the last week of the regular season. They lost a game, the last regular season game, and then they lost the first round of the, the Big 12 tournament. So they went from the n- number one team in the country to, like, number six. 
but they got dropped from a one seed all the way to a four seed. Right. Which was the most unfair thing I've ever, ever seen in this. You know, and and of course, I, I'll never forget because the uh, selection show that Sunday was I'll, I'll CBS. never forget the look on your face. CBS was here, and they showed our party. And when it came out, Oakland versus Texas, I probably looked like I had a heart attack because you did. as the, soon as you saw Texas pop up on that line. How knew, the hell could that happen? You knew. First of all, they had the only guy in the country that could guard Benson. Right. Christian Thompson, who's won world championships Making with the Making hundreds of millions of dollars right. in the league, yeah. They had three first-round NBA picks <laughs> and a center. And we lose 86-82 to them in the tournament. At the same time, VCU, who's the 12th seed, gets Southern Cal or somebody and makes it all the way to the Final Four. And I tell people all the time, you know what? Nobody ever heard of Shaka Smart if they'd have had to play Texas in the first round. And we'd have gotten – I'm not saying we'd have got to the Final Four, but that team could have beaten any four seed other than – but Texas wasn't a four seed. Well, it, I, I equate it too because in that very same tournament, Moorhead State got Louisville. And Louisville struggled rebounding the basketball. We were what top fifteen in the country in rebounding. I mean, what oh, what, yeah. what what would we have done to Louisville oh, yeah. on the glass in that game? They played in Denver, as a matter right. of fact. Yeah, but, but Oakland ended up. They had the, they wanted Kansas and Texas in Tulsa. They couldn't. They couldn't and wait. The for only it. way to do that to fill that arena there, and is to drop Texas down to a four seed, and who gets them? Oakland. <laughs> The greatest, you know, and that was that was a great basketball team I had, and unfortunately, you know, it's just the luck of the draw sometimes. Right, it absolutely is. I'll tell How do we get on this subject? I don't remember. Uh, I think. Oh, we were talking about uh, just just cherishing the wins and, right. and and an opportunity to to see your players play. I mean, the bottom line too is this basketball team. Now, granted, they'll be back next year, but still, only three opportunities left. You know conference tournament notwithstanding only three opportunities regular season left to play there's a four four game road stretch that we have going on i mean on the heels of of all the other road games that you've played but you know that's the moral of the story let's get out well, to the i think get out to the arena was a well, moral of the story I, I think right we started talking i saw some things i saw something on twitter where saturday's game we didn't have a real big grizz gang and somebody wrote that well they can expect that because we had lost to youngstown and you know, we lost to Youngstown, and we had the ball on the head with a minute to go. It was an exciting game. It was basketball. You know, yeah, we lost, and we should be angry about it. But, you know, you move on to the next one, and you don't give up because of that. I mean, I, that, that kind of angers me sometimes, you know, that, that you would think, oh, well, we're not going to come out because they lost. Well, you know what? It's it's a chapter. It's a story. You know, you, you there are some bad chapters in every book, uh, but, the, but the ending – can still be a great ending and we need you to you know i mean it's I, I read somewhere that some guy i'm done with michigan state and i'm thinking michigan state had won 22 <laughs> conference games in a row the rafters full of final four banners well just think of just recently they <laughs> they won 22 consecutive conference games and then lost two in a row guys done with them because they lost two in a row they won 22 consecutive conference games. who does that yeah you know Duke hasn't done that. Michigan State won tw- in a, not in the Summit League either. Yeah, and they just lost a guy, by the way, who was a five-time high school player of the year. 
How do you do that five times? You ask. Well, it's easy. You do it in eighth grade. Yeah. That, that's what Josh. Well, and nobody, and nobody <laughs> uh, fans don't buy into that. You know, you. <laughs> I, I still have scars from last year. We lost four players yeah. for the season. You can't. Here's what you, they got to understand on that. Okay, it's not the guy that replaces him. It's not. It's not the guy that replaces Josh Langford. It's the guy that replaces the guy who replaced Josh Langford. You go down the ladder, it's, right? It's not like last year. We go into the league tournament, and we're starting a walk-on, and a guy that hasn't played. The guy who repl- replaces when the walk-on's got to come out to rest is another walk-on. I mean, it's not. You know, as a coach, you try and have a backup. You try and be seven or eight deep, but when you lose two players, now you got to play 11 and 12. I don't know who's got 11 and 12 that can compete. Because if they could at 11 and 12, they'd be playing. Right. You know, and or they're inexperienced or whatever. I mean, i got to believe if you look at Michigan State, those freshmen are probably going to be good players at Michigan State, but he's not ready to go to war with them now. No. And that's obvious. You know, the, the backup point guard played one minute. The other kid that's been playing a bunch didn't play at all in the last game. They only played seven guys in the last – eight guys and one uh, – seven guys played double-digit minutes and one guy – an eighth guy played one minute, and there are three or four freshmen that they believe are their future didn't play at all. So it's it's obvious that, you know, in the head coach's mind, they're not ready to win the Big Ten championship. Man, they will be eventually. And that's what the fans don't understand, that, you know, it's not, okay, yeah, Langford's out, but we've got so-and-so. It's not that. It's the guy who so-and-so had a role, and now he's moving into Langford's role. Who's going to take so-and-so's role? Because mm-hmm. that role's just as important. It's just as important if you're going to win long-term. And that's – I am in a bit of a rant here, but uh, I just I'm just amazed at – Social oh, media, but, but, they're, and but they're done with Michigan State, though, coach. Yeah, they're done with the Spartans. You know, I it, I feel that way about when I hear that stuff about us, but I can't really go on the air and talk about us because they're going to tell me to shut up and win. So when it happens to you know teams like Michigan and Michigan State, I mean, I can rant about that because I got nothing to do with them. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll take our first break uh, of the show, and when we come back, coach, and we're going to get into. We'll get into Northern Kentucky, and we'll get into Wright State and those matchups. But as as you brought it up, too, the, the Super Bowl was played uh, last weekend. And I, and I have a question for you that, that pertains to something the Patriots did that I think goes across all sports platforms. And I want you to kind of take me through how that happens. We'll get to that after this. You are listening to the Greg, Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub uh, in Rochester Hills. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. My experience gives me the insights necessary to foresee unknown risk and to provide employers with strategic options to best manage their risk and to leverage opportunities that span the spectrum of on-demand HR issues that arise on a daily basis. 
I am grateful for these recognitions, but even more grateful for the trust and confidence our clients continue to place in us. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule here with Dennis Burnham, owner of D2 Technologies, the answer for all your business and residential technology needs. Dennis, why is D2 Technologies the best in the business? Thanks, Neil. D2 Technologies isn't a typical big box corporation. Honest pricing and quality installations are what's important to me. Whether it's a phone system, security cameras, or whatever your technology needs may be, your experience with me from the setup, design, and installation of your project will be a professional and smooth experience, my personal guarantee. D2 Technologies has done work in my home, and I can't recommend Dennis enough. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Call D2 Technologies at 586-256-9436. David Cumberland, right wing, will drive it into the paint. Hands it off. Back with a two-hand jam. The double team came from Beck's man. JC found JB, and he threw it down with a Thorntop. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Here's the coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us. Typically, we are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, but because of travel, as you listen to this, we are on our way right now to Dayton as the Golden Grizzlies will play the Wright State Raiders tomorrow at 7 p.m. We'll be on the air at 6.50 on the Real Team Real Estate Golden Grizzlies radio network. But, Coach, you brought it up a little bit earlier in the discussion and you mentioned there were some pieces out of Julian Edelman's MVP speech that you took out and and you mentioned to the team and and one of the things that I was as I was watching that game that made me think of of college basketball uh, the Patriots came out and they had a game plan defensively and they dominated that game plan defensively the Rams held the three points lowest scoring Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls and it, it really begs a question for me to ask of you how, how does a game plan get developed? I'm talking about from, from the minute the game is over, the Cleveland State game ends, now you play Wright State. Take us through that, how, how a game plan is developed, what you have to do, how you implement it in practice, the, the whole nine yards. It, take me through essentially what Bill Belichick had a lot longer time frame to do this, but, but what are, what's similar about the two? Well, the first of all, a game plan is all-encompassing. If you look at the Patriots, they came out and they ran the ball. You know, They never run the ball like they ran it the first 10 I mean normally their first drive is a mixture of passing and running with more passing and in this they didn't throw the ball maybe nine plays and then he threw an interception you know I mean it 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 what they were doing was predicated on how we're going to win the game and so your game plan as the head coach and this is this is where the head coach you know even in football, you, you get coordinators, and they get a lot of credit, and they deserve credit. But the bottom line stops with that head coach because in that first meeting that you have, the head coach has to determine what are how do we win this game? What do we have to do to win the game? And then from that point on, you break it down to, okay, this is a game I think the only way we're going to beat them is to outscore them, so we're going to play, you know, this is what we're going to do offensively because what you do on offense affects your defense more so than what you do on defense affecting your offense because what you do on offense determines usually the amount of possessions in basketball 
that there are in the game. Um, you can play your butt off on defense, but if you're going to run up and down the floor and fire it and jack it up, you're going to be on defense a lot. Where if you're going to try and be a, a grinded out offensive team, that means defensively you're going to have less possessions. So you've got to play a certain way defensively. So your your offense really determines what you are defensively. Now, well, I think coaches would disagree with that. Uh, they're coaches that they believe they're defensive-minded and their defense determines their offense. But I would argue till I die with that. that this is, the bottom line in the game of basketball is you're not shutting anybody out. People are going to score. Great offense always beats great defense. You can play the greatest defense in the world. A guy throws it up and it goes in. You can't stop it, you know. And so your offense always affects your defense. So Belichick in that game decided, you know what, we're going to control tempo. We're going to keep that offense off the field. I've got a team that can do that. And then whatever they saw defensively, I, I, he, he had a quote that it, he saw something the Lions did to him. Right. You know, the fuck. <laughs> they were talking about how it's the first time the Lions have ever been uh, mentioned from the field in the <laughs> right. Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> and so, it, you know, that's kind of awesome for the Lions. But, but really that's what you do. You look, you look at game film and you determine, you know, like, for example, we're not a pick-and-roll team this year. But Wright State guards the pick-and-roll in a different way than most teams do. And so we've watched pick-and-roll action from all their games and how they guard it. And we've actually put a play in, even though we're not a pick-and-roll team, we've got a play that we're going to run at an important time Thursday night that has pick-and-roll action in it because we thought we've seen something that we can take advantage of. And that's what you do when you make it. When you put a game plan together, you spend hours and hours and hours of watching tape. And the problem with spending hours and hours watching tape is you can fall asleep, or you can doze off, or you can lose concentration. And you can't do that, especially in February. And and that's how teams get better because you you fight through it and you watch that tape. You watch it. You watch it. You watch it. So we beat Cleveland State. I got home. Um, we had recruit here. Uh, I can mention his name since he signed. C.J. Gettlefinger was here for the weekend. Saw him in the arena. Yeah. And uh, you know, I met with him and his his mom and everything afterwards. And and then I went home. And the first thing I did when I got home was I watched the end of the Detroit game because I'd heard about this shoe thing. <laughs> so because I have a cable that. Uh, anytime the University of Detroit is on TV, it my DVR automatically, you know, I don't even have to worry about it. it automatically, if Detroit's on somewhere, it automatically DVDs the game or whatever, TiVo or whatever it is. I don't even know. And our game, anytime one of our games is on or anything about Oakland, it automatically TiVo. So I got home. The first thing I did is I watched the end of the Detroit game because I could never say anything like that, and I wanted to see it. What, what's your uh, – go ahead, finish, and we'll get back to that. Well, I think I think he meant well. <laughs> My kid lost his shoe. I'm going to pick it up and throw shoe. it down to him. And I think it got away from him, obviously. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure it should be a technical. You know, I mean, the fairness of it, what what was the kid, What was he trying to do? I don't even know why it's a technical. I, I, no one's even explained to me why it's a technical. I mean, I, obviously it got out of – you know, a shoe can't go flying across court like that. But, right. Uh, 
and I think by rule the kid has to play without the shoe until his team gets the ball or until there's a dead ball or something. So I don't know. Wow, it was weird. I don't know. As an official, though, at that time of the game. With with what's on the line. Yeah, yeah. and those kids, you know, the Detroit kids had played their heart out. And Youngstown kids had played their heart out, too. Let them decide it, you know. you got to give Youngstown credit. They made both free throws and right. they scored. So Game plan in relation to the Super Bowl. That's yeah, where we were. I knew yeah. this was going to happen, so I was ready for it. All right. So, anyway, so I watched that. And then I watched our Cleveland State game. So the Cleveland State game, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at, okay, what did we do wrong? Who played well? What went well? So then that game ended. And then I, on my computer, I have uh, right states last three or four games, whatever Jay put on my computer before I left. So I've got my computer at home and right states games this weekend in that. Uh, plus Wright State was playing on TV the next day mm-hmm. and they had played the night before and I had watched them Friday night instead of going recruiting I stayed home and I watched the Wright State uh, IUPUI game no Wright State Chicago, Chicago yeah. game and I knew I was going to see Wright State on Sunday so instead of watching their last three games I went back to my DVD and I went back to the Oakland Wright State game at Oakland and I charted that game. Charting it means offensively, what did we do? Every play we ran, did it work, didn't it work? What did we run? What didn't we run? And so I can then put my game card together for that game. These are the plays that I think will work against them. These are the plays I don't like. So I spent, you know, it's my, by now it was probably 2 in the morning. I watched all that game, um, and I was still wired. So then I opened up the computer. And I watched the night before a game, the one that I had already seen. I watched it again. And again, now what I'm looking for is what did other teams do to them that hurt them? And how can we do that? So it's then probably 4.35 o'clock, I dozed off, fell asleep. I got up, did some stuff, and then their game was on at 1 o'clock, and I watched the 1 o'clock game. In the meantime, probably text with Hipshire. Coach Hipshire's got the scout. So, like, texting him, what what, what if we put Maddox on Gentry? What if we put, you know, the best kid really hurt us on the offensive glass. Braden's our, even though he's small, he's our best checkout guy. What if we put him there? And just start throwing ideas out to Hip, mostly by text. And then it, it was getting so bad that I finally just called him and said, well, you know, so we talked for 20, 25 minutes on, on that. So at the same time I'm doing this, Dan, who, if you put a football terminology onto it, would be the coordinator for this game, you know, the guy who's going to set the game plan in that. So he gets from me everything that I want, and he's doing the scouting report and putting things in and, and that. And so he's starting to develop the scouting report. We gave him two days off uh, because of how many minutes everybody's played, so we gave him Sunday and Monday completely off. And then we came in today, and we had a lot of talking and walking at practice on what we're going to do, uh, you know, what we're doing offensively. And at the same time, while Dan's putting the uh, game plan together, I'm, from an offensive standpoint, I am still trying to decide what to do offensively, when to use the thing. It's not just when we're going to use I mean, we have 80 sets that we could run. What 15 are we going to run in this game? Which ones can we – what are we going to try and take advantage of? What's out there? 
Now, it's an unusual year for us on that kind of stuff because we don't have a breakdown guy. You know, Trey, before he got hit in the head, was starting to, you know, we were actually starting to run some isolations, which part of our offense has always been isolation. Right, and you've had the, the, the players to be able right. to do that. Now, you know, Saturday there was a stat on game day that showed Michigan State leads the nation in assist rate. At 68% of their baskets are assisted on, and Oakland is 67%. We were second. Everybody's texting me, hey, you were on game day. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good thing and a bad thing. And one of the reasons it's a bad thing is because all our baskets have to come off passes and sets because we don't have the traditional we're in trouble, go to the rim guy. You know, Braden Norris can't do it. Kamari a little bit, JC a little bit, but not really. What do you do with six seconds left on right. the shot clock after right. the play's broken right. down? And right. that's then that's probably why this year we've had more shot clock violations than we've had ever at Oakland. Combined. And, and, <laughs> you're right, and we've had more 10-second calls. Right. Because we don't have a guy. You know, you want to press us, go ahead. Okay? Do whatever you want to do, baby. Yeah. Go. <laughs> you want to press us, Travis, you get right here. Guys, throw it over the top, press Travis, you knock it in. Nobody ever presses us. Well, they are this year because we don't have that breakdown guy. I think Trey can be it, and he's getting closer. Uh, that movie made at UIC with the dunk when he broke Ferguson's ankle. Uh, but we're we're getting at it. So that assist the turn. So I'm looking for the plays against Wright State that I think can get us that Cumberland that jump shot. Uh, you know, now we're looking with with Brad's emergence. We've got to do more double post stuff. We've got to do a little more high-low stuff because Brad's now emerging as a guy who can catch and finish. And the double team on X, you know, they didn't double team X like other teams do. So now we're coming up with a game plan. This is how we think they're going to double you. And, and you'll see the first two or three plays of the game. For the people that are listening to this, if you watch Thursday night, you're going to see early in the game, maybe first possession, maybe second possession, X will get a touch on the block. And he'll get that touch because we want to see how they're going to guard it. So we'll go to plan A, plan B, or plan C based on how they're going to guard X. Then we'll get it to Brad down there and see, okay, how are they going to guard Brad? You know, are they doubling him now after the 32 and the 21? So we've got to find all those things out early. We've spent the last four days, you know, putting together a game sheet, a game card on what we'll do if they do that stuff. And then we go into the game, and, and we have to understand they beat us here like a drum because we turned it over 18 times. They beat us here like a drum because they made open shots. They beat us here like a drum because we didn't rebound. And they wanted it more than we wanted it. They wanted to win that game, and we were 3-0 and and thought we were good. And so those those might even be more important than the you know what play we're running and things like that, those attitudes. The want-tos. Yeah, the the – Loud and love diving on the floor while we're reaching. You know, those are the reasons we lost. And uh, they'll see all that on film when we get there Wednesday night, and they'll have heard about it. And and it's that time of the year they got to play. You know, I'd like to think that coaching has something to do with it at this time of the year, but it really comes down to, you know, you got to make plays now. Son, you got to go out there and make some plays. If you want to win a championship, right? You, you got to make, make some shots. Plays. You got to make your free throws. You can't turn the ball over. You can't be lackadaisical. You can't take a play off. It's possession by possession. If you want to win a championship, if you want, you want to finish second or third, then you let Loud and Love dive through you and get that loose ball because he's going to. 
<laughs> There's no doubt. There is no doubt about it. Fans, tickets for the 2019 Little Caesars Horizon League Basketball Semifinals and Championship are on sale now. Go to horizonleague.com or the Little Caesars Arena Xfinity box office, or you can call Little Caesars Arena Ticket Sales and Service Office at 313-471-7575. We'll take our next break. When we come back, we'll get to your questions off of Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. A couple of long segments to go, but some good content there. Uh, certainly uh, don't mind running a little bit late when we're having some good conversation. We come back. Your questions from Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. My experience gives me the insights necessary to foresee unknown risk and to provide employers with strategic options to best manage their risk and to leverage opportunities that span the spectrum of on-demand HR issues that arise on a daily basis. I am grateful for these recognitions, but even more grateful for the trust and confidence our clients continue to place in us. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248 468 1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the Great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Real Team Real Estate is locally owned and headquartered just down the road in Shelby Township. Real Team Real Estate is not your typical big box retail operation. Visit them on the web at mirealteam.com. Tell them Neil Rule sent you. They have five offices in the metro area, so whether it's Rochester or Romeo, Real Team has you covered. Real people, real experience, real results. Real Team Real Estate. Xavier Hill Mays, long three, left corner. Of course, FedEx delivers a triple. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, right here on your radio home for Golden Grizzlies basketball, Detroit's 1130 AM, WDFN, The Fan. And Coach, just want to take this opportunity to remind everyone that Coach needs your help to fight cancer with the Infinity Timeout for the Win program. Fans can vote up to three times per day, once online at XfinityTimeout.com, and your other two votes can come through Instagram and Twitter by posting a photo of yourself taking a basketball timeout. Now you have to include the hashtags, hashtag TimeoutFTW, and hashtag Coach Greg Campy in the post. The three coaches with the most votes will get a donation in the school's name, part of the Xfinity $600,000 donated in their school's name to the American Cancer Society. So make sure you go to Infinity Timeout. Use your social media as well. See, Coach, I, I'm, I'm, you know, mishmashed that all around and got it up to your standards, I think, to let everybody yeah, know. I'm trying to vote right now. <laughs> I forgot about it, and I haven't voted the last couple of days, so. Well, there you go. I'm See, voting I'm, right now. Mission, mission accomplished, no doubt yeah. about that. And, and as always, we take questions with the hashtag AskCampy on Twitter. And remember, usually we're at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. We're recording this week. We will have to record next week as well due to travel. But in two weeks, we will be back 
at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Looking forward to getting back there. Gary Gilbert tweets at us. Co- coach says, what can you tell us about the health of the team as a whole? X has a knee uh, knee brace big enough to fill Wilt Chamberlain in it. Hashtag ask Campy. What about that between Trey Maddox Jr., between FedEx? You know, what, what is the story health-wise for this basketball team? Well, Maddox uh, shot today. Uh, tomorrow he's going to try and practice, and if he gets through practice okay, you'll see him Thursday night. If he doesn't get through practice okay tomorrow, then you won't see him this weekend at all. So that decision will be made before we get on the bus tomorrow. Uh, Cumberland is beat up, and X is beat up, and, and uh, you know, that's part of the attrition of the game. I mean, the, the McDonald's probably beat up at N- NKU, and... Love's probably beat up at, you know, everybody goes through it, and you just got to fight through it. Now, X has had a couple unfortunate landings on his leg. He got, you know, he's been in an awkward position and been hit a couple times in that knee. Uh, he's still wearing the face mask. I'm not sure he needs to anymore, but I think he's going. It's a know, comfort thing now at this point. Yeah, right? he's been yeah. the whole season. I think he's going to stay with it. Um, but he has been beat up, and, he, you know, he's limping, and, and that's why we gave him two days off. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, people argue with me all the time about how many minutes you play. But, you know, it's, we win a lot of games, so it seems to work. But our practices are not what a lot of other coaches do practice-wise because, you know, especially with this team with only, like, we've had nine guys today is all we had. And so you're not getting a lot You're not getting a lot of standing time in practice. When, you're, when we practice, you're on the go. So we don't practice long. And we understand that we need to save their legs for the games and that they're going to play the minutes. And our, a lot of our practices are shooting and mental. And uh, walk through this and, you know, here's what we're going to do and the mental side of it. Um, so, you know, they get a chance to rest up. And unfortunately that knee is probably going to have to wear that brace the rest of the season. There's going to be some tweaking uh, around his practice time in that because, you know, it just, it, you know he got hit. You know, I wish I hadn't had him in the game. It was funny because, you know, we were up 17 or 18 at the time with three and a half minutes to go, and I'm thinking to myself, can I take X out now? And I've been on the floor where we had an 18-point lead with three minutes to go and lost. So, you know, it's easy to say I should have done it. And, I, you know, Bob Atune was actually on his way to the scores table right. when that guy ran into X's knee. And so, you know, I got to fight with that. I get mad at myself more than I get mad at the players, you know. But um, it, 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 that knee bent backwards, and, you know, it is what it is. He's, he's going to fight through it for the rest of the year. Um, when we're winning, he he's doesn't seem to limp at all, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, winning cures all, right? That yeah, even goes for injuries and I stuff, guess, right? I guess. <laughs> we could take your questions with a hashtag AskCampy at any time. You brought up Javen Cumberland, and uh, this is a dude that's one of, one of the league leaders, is the league leader in minutes played, one of the tops in the country in terms of minutes played as well. It, it's it's a workload that Javen uh, Cumberland's going to undergo, and that's just the way it's going to be. The kids on our team fight for that. You know, sure. They fight for that. They know that I that that's how I coach and that's what they want. I mean, Kendrick was the leader the year before. Felder was the leader the year before. Sharon Dorsey Walker the one year. I mean, our top players play. And uh I mean I, every four minutes you get a ninety second timeout. You know. I mean, come on. And uh you know, if if you're a high level professional quality athlete you can do that and you know it's not like we're playing 82 games like the NBA 
you know, we're playing 30. So I, our players know that and they want that. I, ha I was pretty upset with Cumberland after the Youngstown game. He made a couple of errors late that he normally doesn't make. And I called him out on it. And I said, are, are you playing too many minutes? No. You want out? You want me to rest you? No. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, those kids know what they want. And so I'm not worried about that. I, I think he's got aches and pains. But I think everybody that plays this game at this time of the year has aches and pains. That's why you see some of the scores you're seeing. Right, and that is that is the way that it shakes down. Coach, I, I had a question for you. Are you surprised when you look at what you guys have done from an offensive efficiency standpoint? You're leading the league in assist-to-turnover ratio. You're one of the best in the country at that. Are you surprised with all the new moving parts? I mean, really, the, the guts of your offense really is is brand new with the, with the complication of your system to run offensively. Are you surprised by that, that you guys have done such a good job at valuing the basketball? And I'm not saying that normally the guys wouldn't value the basketball. I'm just saying that you, with this many possessions and this many times with the complicated as, offense as it is, are, are you shocked a little bit? I'm not shocked. I'm surprised. I'm not shocked. I, I think that whenever you completely turn your offense over, uh, not only just how, what we're doing but with players, to play with the efficiency that we're playing in the turnover assist rate, um, I'm pleased with that. I do. I will say this: the games we've lost, we've turned the ball over. We turned it over 18 times against Wright State. That's why you lose. We turned it over 12 or 13 against Young. I mean, we're going to win if we don't turn the ball over because of the way we pass the ball. We're a very good passing team, obviously by the assist uh, number that we talked about. 67% of our baskets. Some of it is that we don't. We don't. We can't break you down, though. Some of it is we don't have one-on-one -on -one players, um, and we feed the post well. We've worked really hard at it. We've, you know, but to put a whole new system in, um, and then as coaches to learn what we can and can't do in that system with this group of kids, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. But I think we're all surprised that we're sitting here playing for first place in February. I mean, I, I think that even the the biggest fans of Oakland would have thought, okay, if we're playing good by February and we're a team, a tough knockout at the end of the year, boy, next year could really be good. I think that's how we all went about the season. And uh, our players didn't, fortunately. Our players thought right. they could win and have gone about their business, and now they got a chance to. Right, and, and as you know, you've been around this game a long time. As circumstances change, expectations change, and and that's but that's a that's a that's a problem you want. You want those expectations at the end of the year. Right, but you know, at Oakland, we always have those expectations. Sure. I've, you know, somebody said to me, or I read it somewhere, or something that, you know, this year's team has no expectations, so Campy should do a good job coaching or something like that. Well, every team I ever coach has expectations. I mean, I, that, that's like uh, going out to the golf course and saying, well, I'll probably shoot a hundred today. You know. I mean, nobody goes out and sticks the tee in the ground on that first hole thinking, oh, I'm going to be crap today. If I just get you this know, double bogey yeah, here, everything yeah, will be all I'll right. start off with a trip over. <laughs> I'm okay with that, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're going out there to shoot par every time you play, and then we're going out to win every time we play and win championships. We hang banners, you know. We don't hang them anymore, but we got a lot of them. They're somewhere. And, uh, you know, so we're we're trying to do that. And we thought we could do it at the beginning of this year. You know, at the end, when you look back at it, you realistically say, well, yeah, that we probably shouldn't have had those goals, but, I mean, we're competitors. You know, 
competitors want to compete, and they believe in themselves. We'll take our final break of the show, come back, wrap this up, take a look at Wright State, take a look at Northern Kentucky. And I do want to ask you about Brad Brechting uh, as well. And that will be it as far as the Greg Campy Show goes. One more segment. This is the Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News and World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. My experience gives me the insights necessary to foresee unknown risk and to provide employers with strategic options to best manage their risk and to leverage opportunities that span the spectrum of on-demand HR issues that arise on a daily basis. I am grateful for these recognitions, but even more grateful for the trust and confidence our clients continue to place in us. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248 468 1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the Great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. This winter weather advisory brought to you by Dodge. This isn't so much a warning as it is an invitation. An invitation to own the roads in America's only four door muscle car with all wheel drive, the Dodge Charger. Take the winter by storm in a Dodge Durango, the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive in its class. Because what winter can't catch, it can't stop. And if Mother Nature thinks a little snow is going to slow down the Dodge Challenger, the first all-wheel drive muscle coupe, she's in for a rude awakening. So consider this a warning to the weather, because when you're in the brotherhood of muscle, you don't need to weather the storm. You are the storm. Don't miss out on the great deals at the Dodge President's Day event. Based on 2019 Ward's Midsize Sport Utility Vehicle Segment. Based on Ward's Middle Specialty Vehicle Segment. Excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Nobles right block Xavier. Huge possession for Oakland. Kenny Pittman catches back to Norris. There's five on the shot clock. Norris got to do something. Stepping back between the legs. Dribble pull up 18-footer. Off the heel. Rattles and falls. A long two for Braden Norris. He's got seven. Huge bucket for Oakland, 30-25. to 25. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Usually we are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Due to travel, as you listen to this, we are on our way to Wright State. Golden Grizzlies and the Wright State Raiders tomorrow at 7 p.m. I'll be on the air at 6.50 on the Real Team Real Estate Golden Grizzlies Radio Network. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us. We will be back at RJ's Pub in two weeks. Remember, we'll be on the road again next week for the final road trip of the season, which... Is, is baffling to me, but uh, that's that's where we are. We're in February, man. It's it's the meat of everything. And, Coach, I did want to touch on uh, Brad Brechting, and he he absolutely exploded this weekend, a double-double, monster double-double against Youngstown State, followed that up. All he did was go 14 of 15 from the floor <laughs> for 32 points and five rebounds. And you made an interesting remark in the press conference and something that, that I found to be the case as well. With big men in college basketball, for some reason, it just clicks. 
out of the blue. Expand on that a little bit. Well, I, I think that when you're seven foot or six ten, and you've been awkward and couldn't, you know, do things, and and you get bumped and knocked around, and and then all of a sudden you start seeing the hard work you've put in work a little bit, and you just get better. And then when you get better, you get confident, and you start to understand your size and use it and that. And we've seen that with Keith Benson. I mean, Keith Benson's freshman year, nobody thought he was going to be a three-time MVP or whatever he was. Will Hudson's junior and senior year, I mean, you know, I think people thought when Will Hudson was a freshman, what the hell's he doing here? You know, and in and, and Brechting, I'm sure, even early in this year, people – would be critical of of him and and you know he's six eleven. He's got a nice touch. Um, his balance hasn't always been great, and he's awkward at times, and he looks funny when he runs. And but all of a sudden he's starting to believe in himself. And you know he's had success. First time we played those two teams, he had success against them. And I think he went in this week really confident that he could play against these two teams. And now I think that what he's done is now he believes he can play against anybody. And once he gets to that point, he's going to be a real asset to our team because at 6'11", he can score the ball. And so can, you know, X. So now you got dual threat down there. Um, you know, they're both shooting now in, you know, fifty mid-50s to high 50s. And when you have two guys that can do that and they take shots, you know, we got to get them both 10, 12, 14 shots a game, um, you're going to have a good field goal percentage. The better your field goal percentage is, the better chance you have to win. Yeah. I mean, you're going to score half the time you have the ball. Right. So it, it's huge for us as a team, but it's uh, it, it's it's really great to see because Brad's worked so hard. And, uh, you know, Brad's a goofy kid. And he's been he's as good a kid as you'll ever want to be around. But he's goofy. You know, he's funny and he, you know, and that type of stuff. And eats more than, than – you or I ever on our on our best day. Yeah, and still can't gain the weight. So <laughs> to see him have success is very rewarding, um, not just for our team but for him because you you, you want to cheer for him because you know he's a, he's an Oakland guy. He loves Oakland and you know he's never he's never quit on it. Uh, you know he broke his foot last year and missed a year when we thought at the end of the the previous year you could see that he was beginning to get it and. He had that 16-point game against Valpo, a big win for us, and then he twisted an ankle against Green Bay and couldn't play in the postseason tournament when we lost to Youngstown. And then he, you know, he played maybe a little bit against Clemson in the NIT game in that. Um, and then he comes back expecting a big year last year and breaks a foot. And so this year, you know, I mean, you can get discouraged. Cumberland's the same way. You can get discouraged. And they haven't. Either one of them haven't. So to see Brad and Javen both having great years for us, especially the way Brad's going right now. Uh, it's really a rewarding as a, as a, you know, I'm not their parent, but it's kind of a surrogate, you sure. know, as their coach. So really happy for him. What, what, why is that with those two guys in particular, Camp, in, especially in this day and age where if you fire up the transfer portal right now, chances are there'll be over 700 names, you know, when the, <laughs> when the transfer portal comes out. Why is that? Why why do certain guys stick with it? Why do guys grind through it? Why is Brad Brechting down the weight room with the chains around his chest, you know, doing the pull-ups and, and everything like that, continuing to grind it out? Why those two? Well, I, I think both of them have a bond here at Oakland. I think, you know, I think 
you know, I'm not taking credit for it, but I think we have a great relationship with both of them, even though sometimes it looks like I really tear into them. <laughs> um, I think they both like it here. They like their teammates. They they knew that their time would come, and I've told them through the whole thing. I'm not trying to recruit over you. You guys, you're behind some great players. In Brad's case, the injury, and JC's case, injuries. Well, you know, fight through it. You're going to have your day, and and they both believe that. And then when their day came, you know that it. I didn't. If things didn't go well early in the year, I didn't bench them, or you know, we kept playing them and knowing that it was going to take time to develop. you got to have minutes to get good. You can't just not play, not play, boom, you're out there, you're great, you know. You know, you can say, well, X did that, but, you know, X got a lot more minutes than they got. And uh, and X wasn't injured last year. X was – he could – X could have done what he did this year, last year, with Jay, Jalen Hayes. Um, but, you know, he didn't want to. He wanted – you know, he had his reasons. So it, they're different, and uh, we're really pleased that – you know they stuck it out and we got one more year with them too all right coach this weekend um is it man i mean horizon league play you want to win a championship it's out there in front of you 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 control your fate uh, more or less as it sits right now if you win basketball games you you will be a horizon league champion what's it going to take to go on the road and win these two basketball games well we got to just focus on the first one no question you know, and I, I think it's it's, I mean, it's Wednesday, and we won't talk again in between them. So obviously, we've got to talk about both of them. But you know, we've got in coach speak, we've we've got to play possession by possession. In player speak, we got to do what Julian Edelman's talked about, and that's have a great week of practice and get ourselves in a mental frame of mind that we're ready to have peak performance. And we're, we we don't have to play perfect to win this weekend, but we have to make plays. We have to play good. And then when the game's on the line, you have to make plays. And leading up to when the game's on the line, you can't do stupid stuff that allows, you know. I, I, I'll give you a great example. In a, it didn't happen. But I talked to Brad about it afterwards. Brad had the game of his life. But late in the game, there's a, 13, 14-point game, and he stole the, a defle- he deflected a pass. Instead of just grabbing the ball, he dribbled behind his back, lost it. They picked it up and shot a three and missed it. Well, Brad, that's a play that all that good you did could have lost us the game because if that was right state, they ain't missing that shot. Right. And that 13-point lead could become 10. Instead of you with the ball with 13 going the other way with three or four minutes to go, we go down this front end. They come back and make another three. Now it's seven, and now the collar gets real tight and stupid things happen. 3,000 people are all into it now, and 4,000 people, yeah, the snowball starts rolling right. downhill. And those little plays where I'm probably the only one that paid attention to it because it didn't happen, you know. He, that guy missed the three. And it was Cleveland State. It wasn't Northern Kentucky or Wright State or somebody like that. But those are the teaching moments. You know, Brad, you've played so good. You know, you had a you had a big screw-up at the end of the Youngstown game. Same thing, not thinking, you know. Youngstown steals the ball, ties the game. You take it out and throw it in, and they jump the lane and steal it. Those are the little things that are the difference between having a ring in three weeks and not having a ring. 
and we can't do those. If you want to wear a ring three weeks from now, or four weeks, I guess it is, um, you can't do those things. You've got to play possession by possession, and you've got to play, make smart plays. doesn't mean you can't make a mistake and something bad's not going to happen, but one can't become two, two can't become three, that three can't become six, you know, and that's what happens at this time of year. That's what it boils down to. The championship chase is on. It's February. Uh, it's go time. And the Golden Grizzlies will be going tomorrow night against Wright State. We'll be on the air at 6.50 on the Real Team Real Estate Golden Grizzlies radio network Saturday as well at Northern Kentucky. Same time, 6.50. We'll be on the air. Make sure you check out the broadcast. Of course, we talked to Coach Campy at halftime and postgame. That's brought to you by the Evans Law Group, as is the Coach Campy show. So for the Coach Greg Campy, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Well, see you later. Thanks for listening to The Greg Campy Show. Tune in next week at 7 on your exclusive home for the Golden Grizzlies. Detroit's 1130 WDFN. The Fan.